Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 2020's Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald Fennell and starring Carrie Mulligan. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? I recently watched Ridley Scott's The Counselor. Oh. Yeah. I've never seen that one. You know, I hadn't either, and I... I'd been, I hadn't been avoiding it like intentionally, but mm-hmm. I just hadn't gotten around to it. And I finally saw it and I'm, I'm still kind of figuring out what I think. I, I think that it's well acted and it's definitely well made and th- there's nothing about it you can really criticize other than it's kind of a, an insane movie. Yeah. And I like that because I like seeing good people do insane things, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of reeling from it to be honest. What, what's it about? I don't oh, remember. Jesus. Um, it's about it's, high level. Yeah. <laughs> back of the box. So there's this lawyer. Rolling who, Stones who, quote. Yes. Yes. Um, there's this lawyer who uh, his his main one of his main um, uh, clients is this is this uh, cartel guy. Uh-huh. And um, Penelope Cruz and Cameron Diaz are also there and they're kind of plotting as well. And I don't know. It's. Okay. Even even like trying to explain it, I I'm 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 having some trouble. But it it's just it is a ride. I'll give you that. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, I watched. I got I got inspired by Taxi Driver, and I was watching something on YouTube with Quentin Tarantino. He started talking about Joker, and I was like, I gotta watch Joker again. So I watched Joker from 2019. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I was in the mood for some chaos, and uh, see some disturbing. Uh, mental deterioration. Sure. Um, that movie's a ride. If yeah, you it ask sure me, is. it's a. Uh, of course, it's very heavily influenced by these '70s films we've been talking about a lot lately. Actually, and mm-hmm. um, Joaquin won the won the Oscar on it, and he, he gives a great performance. I think it was deserved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, incredibly physically demanding too. Right. Um, and quite a disturbing film about how society can break a man, um, and you're treated like garbage. And not giving the help you need. Right. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was better than I remembered it being. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Joker directed by Todd Phillips. Right. Um, it, it was, it, I, I liked it too. And I, I wrestled with it myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, in the end I just had to admit that I, I liked the movie, you know? Yep. All right. So now let's talk about promising young woman, Dave. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Okay. So uh, the synopsis of promising young woman, this is the story of a, of a young woman who has this secret nightlife where she, quite fearlessly ensnares predatory men in order to teach them a lesson. And the reason she does this is because her best friend committed suicide after she was assaulted and raped by a group of men who suffered no consequences for their actions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's of course just the framing device. The real story is how she reconciles all this while she tries to like live a normal life. And that's what we'll get into. Yeah. It's really about her, her trauma and her survivor's guilt. Yes. And what she's doing about it. Right. She might not be doing the most healthy things. That's true. Um, it's a, it's definitely, she's, she's putting herself in a lot. I mean, there's a lot of risk there in doing the way in handling things the way she is. Yeah. Huge risk. Um, I hope, uh, people would not do this in real life. I I agree. You're not going to get lucky like she does. And she has a book Full of tick marks of how many times she's done this to a, some man at a bar. It's hundreds and of times. It's, it's hundreds. Like half this notebook is just filled. It's, <sighs> it's like John Doe's notebook. Just I know. With scrawlings and stuff. On, yeah. Like it's just loaded. 
And apparently she's been doing it for seven years straight, probably right. every weekend, every night, maybe. Probably every night is what it looks like. I mean, it's... And and like you said about, like, you hope that people, that, that someone doesn't do this. I mean, like, I I want men to learn this lesson. Yes. Of course. But they need to learn it early in life before they actually, they, it, it shouldn't be a thing where they, they learn the lesson after they've already wronged people. Right. I, I wish that they... I wish that we were educating boys better, you know? Right. right. We kind of jumped into it real quick, but let's describe kind of what she actually does. Okay. Because we left it a little open there. Yeah. Like, so she'll go to a bar. She'll pretend like she's too drunk to drive. She's completely wasted. She's making herself extremely vulnerable to these predators. Right. Um, hoping a guy comes and picks her up, tries to take her back and take advantage of her. And... Without fail, every weekend, it happens. Yes. And she gets back to their hotel, their apartment, wherever, and they're playing the nice guy card, but, you know, they're not nice guys. Um, And once they start taking advantage of her, she stops pretending to be this half-passed-out woman and just reveals that it's all a game. Right. And catches these guys off guard, and then she calls them out on their bullshit. Right. And that's... What she does every weekend. Um, she asks Adam Brody, the first guy she does this to, she says, you know, what are you doing after he like takes her underwear off? And, and she's already told him, hey, stop doing this. Yeah. Um, but he just keeps saying, you know, you're safe. It's okay. It's okay. I got you. Um, she's already not given her consent. And then she, she, like you said, she reveals that she's not drunk. She's not wasted. And she just says, what are you doing? And then you cut to her walking down the street with what looks like blood all over her, mm-hmm. but it revealed that it's a hot dog with ketchup. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's, it's a pretty cool effect, but you still don't quite know. Cause she makes her tick mark when she gets home. Did she kill this guy? Right. You don't know her MO until like the next one. Yes. When she goes to McLovin's house. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there going, who is this guy? And yeah, Chris Mintz place. Yes. He's it's McLovin. Everybody. It's McLovin. <laughs> Of course, McLovin, like, 15, 20 years later, yeah. you know, as a man. <laughs> but he's they're doing coke, telling her about his novel, about how hard it is to be a man these days. Wow. Yeah. This wow. movie's a little heavy-handed sometimes. Yeah. And I don't mind it at no. all. Like, no. I like how over the head they beat you with this stuff. I do, too, because I think that, like, I think all the world's worst problems will probably never be solved unless... Someone or many people attack the problems in a serious way. And I think mm-hmm. if you do it through through film or, you know, any kind of artistic medium, mm-hmm. you probably do have to be heavy handed with it. Right. And you have to have everybody kind of play archetypes. I mean, there's there are two there. There's only one male character in this movie who I think has like a, a nuanced character structure. Are you, you know? talking about Ryan? Yes. Bo Burnham's character. Yes, I agree. Um, he becomes the love interest in the movie. Um, he's the manic pixie dream guy you know, <laughs> in the film. <laughs> yes, indeed. But um, yeah, we'll get to him in a second. I want to finish up McLovin real quick. Um, <laughs> so she re- oh, she reveals to him, you know, hey, I'm I'm completely sober, and he's like uh, trying to convince her to stay this whole time. And then when she reveals she's fine, he wants her to leave immediately. Yeah, and she's like, oh, so I thought you wanted me to stay. You don't want me to stay? And he's like, no. He's completely freaked out yeah. and doesn't know what to do. Gets defensive, gets mean, 
You know, he doesn't do anything violent. Right. And that's what we talked about. This risk that she has the whole time. Man. Every encounter she has, you're you're thinking that's how it's going to end. That, yeah. That, like, one of these guys is going to do something really ugly. And, you know, and with... <laughs> <laughs> with McLovin, um, he, he's he's like such a little you know incel Twitter shit yeah. that that you're 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 convinced that for sure he's going to he's going to really you know um, he's going to haul off and hit her or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she's so fearsome and she's so up in his face that that it kind of uh, he doesn't know how to react. Yeah, and there's one line she says is, "Do you want to fuck me now?" Right, and he says no, and she says, "They never do." Which is kind of disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, of course, someone's been playing this game with your head the whole time, but what? You're not going to do this. You're not going to want to have sex with a woman unless you're taking advantage of her. Like, um, wow. if she's if she's sober and lucid yeah. and has something to say, you then then it, she's not just a body to play with, right? You know. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go back to Bo. Bo Barnum plays Ryan. He went to med school with uh, Cassie, so mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan's character. And um, they kind of reignite some kind of relationship uh, that they... Well, they didn't have one before, but he liked her in college. Yeah. And uh, he runs into her at the coffee shop, wants to go on a date, and becomes a love interest. So this is kind of a new outside force coming into her life. Yeah. Changing it from the last seven years of what she's been doing. Um, And he's like... he He's the ignition for all this stuff that happens because... He was in college with them where the event that happened with Nina, her friend who was assaulted and then ultimately ended her life. Right. So he was there with that group of people, not saying he was involved in it, which we might find out more about later. Yeah. But um, he incites all this stuff that yes. happens. And it, it, it's when it's when like the, the biggest conflict for Cassie comes is her feelings for this guy. And her feelings for men in general. I mean, her only interaction with men is these like late night missions that she goes on to, to like, you know, teach men a lesson. And now here's this guy who's maybe an exception who is trying to court her in a traditional way Mm -hmm. and is being very charming in many ways. Um, He's, he's a funny guy. Um, He can make her laugh, Mm -hmm. but it almost all goes sideways when they're on their after their first date, they, they're walking back to where his place is and he invites her up and then they awkwardly, she has to like yeah. pause and say, uh, sure. And then he realizes, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right. And then there's this really painful back and forth where you're just like, you know, one of those things where you have to wince and look away because yeah. it's like, oh God, you know, you think oh. about the times you've gone through that. Yeah. Th- this, this whole movie is like, you can barely look at what's happening. It's a lot of cringe it's stuff. It's very cringeworthy. Yes. Um, the, the the way it makes you feel, you want to watch it, but you don't want to watch what's happening. Of course. Whether she's like confronting someone and you don't know if she's going to get hurt or they're, her interacting with uh, Ryan goes south. <laughs> you, you, you see, the, you, you get in those situations where you're you know on, on a date or something with somebody who you really like and then maybe you say something stupid and it's awkward <laughs> and you, you feel like you fucked up and like you watching them go through this. It's, it's hard to watch. It but, is when you try to watch someone buy it back. I mean, holy yeah. crap. Is that tough to watch? Well, and especially with Carrie Mulligan Mulligan, because she's giving this a chance. She's trying to maybe move on or something yeah. and like try something new. Maybe not everyone's bad. And then he 
he kind of is doing the same thing. Not exactly the same, but it's in the same realm. Like, oh, maybe we should go to my apartment. Fuck. Like, just I out know. of nowhere. I not, know. not, I want to get to know you. It's right. like, oh, we're, what, the way he does it too is like, oh, what a coincidence. We just walked right by my apartment. It's um, clumsy uh, as you, hell. Do you want to, you want to come up? Oh, maybe? Jesus, yeah. man. Oh my God. I mean, I, I, that's a big fuck up. I know, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to do the taxi driver thing where, where, you, where, where the camera looks away. And it, I just wanted, oh, yeah. I, I was right. hoping for a big hallway I could look down. Because, <laughs> I mean, Bo Burnham really screws this up. <sighs> and I'm just like, dude, you have fucked this. I've, I've like gone on that tangent before. Like, I was on a nice thing and then totally fucked it up before. Yeah, of I've, course. I've been in his shoes. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. But it also sucks for her because this just reinforces everything she believes about men. After she's had a pleasant date, yeah, you know, and and she's also like she she lives at home even though she's just turned thirty, and yeah. she she works in a coffee shop after she dropped out of med school and people are her parents in particular are questioning her you know her drive and her ambitions yeah. and you know because at at that time in her life she's not uh, you know professionally where she should be or whatever they don't know about her secret um, you know mm-hmm. nightlife yep um, but with all that hanging over her head now she's actually like maybe starting to normalize and it turns out that this guy after their first date he wants to have sex yeah or that's what it appears anyway yeah and now she's got to deal with that and it's just like okay well i i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out and do the, th- the same things i've been doing right and that culminates in her going out doing her thing and she picks up a guy like, like, cause every time there, there's always a good Samaritan who yeah. comes over to like, you know, say, Hey, you doing okay. <laughs> she goes out with this guy. And, uh, as they're walking out of the bar, uh, Ryan shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees him hang. She sees, he sees Carrie Mulligan hanging all over this dude. And mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, what's going on? I thought we were together. And by yeah. this time, like they've kind of, they had already reconciled yeah. before and got back a together. Date. And- yeah. She, they were supposed to go out and she canceled because she was busy doing this shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he sees her out there like, um, you could have just told me you weren't in, like, right. Like, yeah, you feel rejected and rightfully so. Of course. Yeah. Um, he's, his, his feelings are like valid in that moment. Yeah. Um, and she knows it and she's like, she, she's sorry about it and she feels terrible and she mm-hmm. like actually gives up trying to like do the thing that she was going to do. Yeah. Cause she wants to patch things up with Ryan and even that doesn't work. And as when he like turns away and won't accept her apology, she then has a showdown with this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, I think his name is Paul. Um, he's played by. Um, right. I mean, Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, he says one thing to her right at the end. He's like, why do you guys always have to ruin everything? And then he runs off crying. Yeah. Bl- blaming the women. It's, it's her it's fault. Like, yeah. I know. Oh I mean, god. why do you have to ruin everything? Oh my like, god. I mean, <laughs> he's okay. So, at Harvey Weinstein's trial, when the judge during sentencing gave him a chance to speak, he seemed contrite in the beginning, and then part of his statement was, "This is a, a very confusing time for men." Mm. Oh, you still mm-hmm. don't get it, do you, Harvey? No. Um, and, and you, you, your attitude suggests that we still haven't gotten past this. It's not a confusing time for men. Um, <laughs> it's never been no means no Harvey. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no means no, Paul. Uh, whatever the hell Adam Brody's character is. If right. She says McLovin, no. Come on. McLo- exactly. Even if like things had have already started, the second she says that's, I don't want to do this, you back off. Exactly. There's no confusion. Yep. Um, <sighs> and I, I and, and you know, like, like early in the movie too, Paul and Adam Brody's character and the other guy that's with him. Yes. That like they're, even before the run in with Carrie Mulligan, they're already at the bar, like, like talking like a lot of misogynist shit about their female. Oh colleague. yeah. God. So like they're we, talking about a female coworker who's like upset. They, she doesn't get equal pay or yes. all, she can't go to the golf club with yes, the clients because exactly. it's men only. Right. And then they're talking just like, well, she should stop complaining. <sighs> she should stop worrying about us and worry about our own stuff. We can't even go to strip clubs anymore. Like, I know. God, they're just disgusting. I know. And the the movie opens with all these men like in khakis, like overweight <laughs> businessmen in khakis, like at the club partying and like slow mo. Yeah. It's so talk about cringe. Like it just opens <laughs> right away. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? The, like, the one shot yeah. is my favorite of like during the slow motion montage. It's of a, it's of like you said, like a, a paunchy guy in khakis, and you don't even see his face. It's just his midsection. Yeah, and he's like thrusting kind yeah. of. And you're like, and there's like a, a Mick Ultra in his hand. Oh, like, of course God, there is. It's just, of course there is. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> society holds up a mirror, and and you have to look back. It's it's really tough to get through. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, let's, let's get into kind of the, the, the heat of the movie. Yeah. The main, main direction it goes. So she, when she meets Bo Burnham, um, he starts talking about the old gang in college and this like triggers her, like, especially when she hears the name of Al Monroe, um, played by Christopher Lowell and, He's the guy who apparently did this to her friend, Nina. Yes. He was like the, the he was the guy, like the main guy. Right. Um, and she hears about him and then, uh. Who's Alison Bree's character? Madison McPhee. Yes. Um, she hears all these names and it. she gets this plan, I guess, to kind of get revenge on these specific people. Right. All the people who were involved in covering up or making happen this assault. Yes. So she goes on um, friender.space, <laughs> which I guess is the Facebook. I love, I mean, like, you know, mug book and, you know, I mean, all, all right. fake social media. Is yeah, fantastic. dude, it's funny. So yes. she goes on there, finds Madison and uh, sets up a lunch date with her. Like, let's get in touch and, you know, we'll talk mm-hmm. and catch up. Um, and of course, she plans this, you know, to get get her super drunk um, and ultimately have another guy take her to an, a hotel and wake up there. Yeah. Um, because she's making this point about, you know, you, you don't know what it was like. You don't know what happened. Um, we couldn't believe her. We didn't know what happened. So Carrie Mullion has this plan to kind of put her into that same situation. Right. Where she's unsure what happened. No one believes what she's going to say. So take a take a dose of your own medicine. Yes. Is what she's doing here. It's revealed a little bit later that, that nothing happened to Allison Brie. Right. Um, like, she just... Carrie Mulligan made it made it appear that it did, and now she has to kind of like deal with it mentally. Right, and it's a cruel thing to do to somebody, obviously. Yes, but um, just like the rest of her revenge plan, I I I I know why she's doing it. I see the right. motivation for it, and the the way the way Allison Brie talks about what happened to Nina in such an it's such a dismissive way. Even like all these years later, she still says she didn't. I mean, like, well, I, how could I have said that that I 
you know, how could I have believed her? You can't believe it once when someone said, I mean, like, right. She said she was crying wolf and stuff. Exactly. Well, if she wasn't drunk all the time, maybe people believe her. Right. Or, or if she wasn't out sleeping with all these guys, maybe people would, uh, not look the other way when someone says she did something happened to her. Yeah. I mean, it's her fault. Right. Right. Vic, all this victim blaming is it's, disgusting. I know. And, and it's so, I, and I, I like how they also have, it's not just men who are complicit. It's, yeah, of course. There's multiple women that are involved in this, which, which is the, the another way that it, that it perpetuates. I mean, mm-hmm. like it, it, it can only, it, it, it can only be, um, so prevalent if if everybody participates in mm-hmm. the victim blaming and also the um like the the immediate belief that 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 this man that you know couldn't possibly have done this right you know exactly and we find out later she knows a lot more or she remembers maybe she suppressed a lot of shit and right. thing because Carrie Mulligan does this to her it stirs all these things back up which i think actually is the case cuz she remembers some things later uh that yeah. we find out right um but um, she also does this to the dean of the school. Yeah, Dean uh, Dean Walker, dean played Walker. by Connie Britton. Right, um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's really good. Yeah, um, because Carrie Mulligan goes and picks up this girl. You don't know who it is at first, but some college girl, mm-hmm. and like tricks her into like going to see her favorite band, Wet Dreams. Wet Dreams. It's like Jesus. some boy band or yes. something. And she she picks her up in the car, drives off, and then you don't you don't see what happened. And then it goes to the scene where she's meeting with Dean Walker at the school. This is the college she went to um, where where the event happened. And she starts talking to her about, do you remember Nina, Nina Walker and all this stuff? And uh, do you remember what happened? She's like, no. And she's like, well, who'd you report it to? And she's like, oh, we reported it to you. You don't remember? And in the same scene... Al's name comes up and she's like, oh yeah, Al's great. He came back, gave a commencement speech, like all this stuff. Al's wonderful. She remembers yeah. the the rapist, but, yeah. but not the person who reported the rape to her. Yes. And she talks in glowing terms about the rapist and how he's such a, you know, he really is something. He's a real go-getter. It's like a, her Lloyd Braun moment. It's disgusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's horribly disgusting. And she she ultimately says like, we get one or two accusations a week. Like what? Like what? What can I do about that? Like maybe if she wasn't drinking, <sighs> and I think she even says like, "Why would we ruin a young man's life?" That particular statement. Yeah. I mean, every time an accusation is made, mm-hmm. uh, why would we ruin a young man's life? I mean, yeah. Look, if 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 you're getting an accusation twice a week, your first instinct shouldn't be. Everybody's lying. <laughs> you yeah. know? It should be, we got a fucking problem. We got a massive problem. <laughs> this is this is the crisis of our times. And we need to figure out what's going on. And yep. we need we need some surveillance. We, we need something. We need to figure out what's happening. And we need mm-hmm. some re-education. I mean, exactly. obviously, some shit's going down. And, and people need help. And they don't feel like they can turn to anyone because you always think they're lying. Yep. <sighs> We need to educate people at college and say, you know, here's what it is. No means right. no. Don't even, do it. Even outside of the educational system, parents should be parents doing, talking yes. about this. Set the example. Let them know what's right. I mean, it's so easy, folks. It's so easy. And, and you know, when I was a kid, and they and they had like officer friendly come to school and and 
talk about Stranger Danger. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a valuable <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but they didn't talk about, like, people you know. You know, like, that that was what was missing from the education. Right, yeah. It was you always know, some guy in a van. Uh, Uncle Bobby, you know, don't, yeah. Yes. Don't worry about him. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, didn't tell the, they didn't tell you that, that this could happen with members of your family, yeah, sorry, people you see every day. Sorry, Bobby's out there. Just, no, yeah, of course. You're, you're cool. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Uncle Bobby's. Unless he, you're an uncle with a mustache. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. My brother has a mustache. Dude, so do I. Oh, man. I'm an uncle well, with a mustache. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's all, we're all creeps. There's no My doubt. son's getting a mustache now. God damn it. <laughs> and I can barely grow one. <laughs> all right. But yeah, ultimately, then she threatens. She does the same thing she did to Allison Bree. She says, oh, your daughter, I dropped her off at this uh, frat room with all these guys with a bunch of vodka. You know, uh, oh, and I got her phone. She's got her phone. Yeah. And she hands it over to Connie. And like, I mean, like Connie that moment is shitting herself. Amazing. Like, I'm not like happy or anything. No. Like the whole time Carrie Mulligan's getting this revenge. I'm just thinking, you're what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. Like, you're not rooting for her. I know. But you you understand. Like you said, you understand why she's doing it. But maybe it's not the best way to go about it. And she, and unlike Travis Bickle, she she's like kind of within the law at all times yeah like, like she's she's never actually committing any crimes she's just at the edge of stuff at all times yeah and this one in particular i think is kind of the biggest tightrope act because i mean yeah she 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 kind of kidnapped she this girl did. and all she did was drop her off at a diner mm-hmm. um but you know yeah it's you. You could. I kept thinking. Okay. Well, in a court of law, what would they? What would they call this? But I mean, I guess really all she did was give her a ride. So yeah, and she accidentally has her phone. Yeah. Uh, nothing. You know, the blood is off her hands. Yeah. But this is a devastating moment for a, for a parent. Um, and thankfully, nothing, nothing happened. But it's right. it's just like the the act of scaring Connie Britton. It's character. a great scene. Yeah. It, it's. It, I think know, it's one of the best in the movie. I. I. It's. It's my personal favorite. Yeah. I love know? it. Um. And the next act of revenge is she's going to get Alfred Molina. <laughs> what did you think when you saw him? You were like, oh, yeah, my I, boy. Every time every yeah. time you see Alfred Molina. Me face, too. Yeah, it, I saw know. his name in the credits, but it didn't click. Uh, and then when I saw his face, come, he opens the, the door to the house and yeah. you see his face. I was like, oh, fuck yes. Oh, hell yes. yes. Alfred, I, I knew he was in this, Alfred but F. now I know he's in it. Yes, God. yes. <laughs> he's just such a welcome presence. Yeah. Um, and then him and Carrie Mulligan have this great scene together. Um, it's, it's, you know, you think she, it's going to be the same as the other ones. Yes. But this guy is actually like repentful. He's he's sorry. Yeah. For everything. He was the lawyer in, I guess. I don't think it went to trial or anything. I don't think so either. But I, I he was like probably, the lawyer trying to hush everything up. Yes. Connie Britton probably consulted him. And, yeah. and then he represented the boys, I guess. And yeah. He, he made sure that, it you know, it didn't go any further. Yeah, and he's haunted by it every day. Right. So when Carrie Mulligan gets there and realizes this, he's uh, she's taken aback. Because uh, we find out she has a guy outside ready to come break his legs. Is this guy a hitman full on? or, or is he... I think he's just going to beat him up a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah. He's um, a weird dude. I, this I, is I, the I... farthest she's gone, I think, as yeah, far as yeah. like the law goes. Like yes. This is fully illegal. Extra legal stuff. This yeah. is, yeah. I yeah. mean, like she's going to, yeah. And, and when he cries in her lap... I kept waiting for some other shoe to drop. Yeah. You know, and when he asks her full on for forgiveness, she says, I forgive you. And I'm oh, thinking, yeah. you know, I was like, oh. 
and this is also another kind of inciting incident for her to sort of take the next steps with Ryan. Yeah, right. Um, their relationship takes off. I, I think it this this scene is such a nice break from like like this assault of like uncomfortable confrontations we've right. been getting the entire movie. Right. Like it's not like it's a moment of levity or anything. Like it's still like heavy and it's intense. uncomfortable for different reasons. Yeah, it's uncomfortable for different reasons, but the outcome is. It's hopeful. Yeah. The other ones are hopeless outcomes. Right. So, like, it's such a great thing to throw in the middle of the movie. There's this other side. People can change, and people can, like, make things better. Yes. Yeah, um, you're right. That, about the hopefulness of it. Yeah, you're right. Um, like, like taking someone who has done something wrong and is genuinely sorry for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she asks if, do you want me to hurt you? And he goes, I, I think I do. I think I do, yeah. Yeah. Such a great Alfred Molina. I know everybody. he's because he's, so he's good. He's he's one of the world's great actors, uh. and, and like they have him for for just this one scene, and he just like he squares off with Carrie Mulligan, and man, it, it, it's it's just it's just fantastic. The two of them, wonderful, and like his. I, I loved also just like just one more thing about his performance. I, I love how twitchy he is, and he's kind of pacing around, yeah. and and he's never really comfortable, even when he does have his tearful thing where he's like kind of he's still kind of rocking back and forth like a yeah. little kid and yeah. he's not bawling out loud he's just very contrite yeah and um he's the only one who admits like remembering everything yes he even remembers nina's name he's totally upfront yeah. about it yeah, yeah. It, th- there is no confusion he he, he th- this whole like this whole affair like really affected his life mm-hmm. and he doesn't even practice law anymore yep and like you said this is kind of an, another inciting moment where she realizes I, I need to patch things up with Ryan. Yeah. I need to try to move on from this. Like, this this survivor's guilt is killing me. Yeah. And it's going down a path that's not good. Right. Um. So, yeah, she pa- tra- patches things up with Ryan. Um, and we get kind of a montage. We get the worst thing in the movie, if Please you ask proceed. me. I, I could talk about cringeworthy. Like, this is the cringiest thing in the movie. Which Which scene exactly? We're talking about singing Paris Hilton in the pharmacy. Holy shit. Did yeah. that go on too long? Um, That's my note. Like, okay. This could have lasted maybe 10% as long as it did <laughs> to understand. Because it's this montage, but it's also intercut with him singing this Paris Hilton song in a pharmacy with Carrie Mulligan. They're dancing and singing and having a great time. You know, he's being this kind of dorky, you know, yeah. funny guy. Like, uh-huh. Um, it's romantic it just, comedy it, it stuff. It just goes on. It's a rom-com right. in the middle of this, which the movie almost is kind of set up in a rom-com way a little bit. Well, yeah, because with, like, with the art direction and everything, yeah, it's like, very it, candy-coated. It seems like it. Yeah, it it, it goes like down a dark comedy path, too, right. which I don't think the comedy is very great in it, but a lot of dark comedies, like, you can see humor, but it's not I really know. laugh out loud. No, I only laugh like a couple of times. Yeah, like there's a few moments that are funny. Right. Like, actually funny and it's usually bo burnham doing something yeah, funny right you know uh talking about how he wants jennifer coolidge's phone number and stuff like it, that, that like, was great yeah. i mean he says he says your mom and is her so parents hot. by the way are jennifer coolidge and clancy brown it's like it's like Un- the, amazing it's it's the scariest situation you could possibly walk into <laughs> a dinner at your girlfriend's house clancy brown offers his hand he's so great in this movie though he's so nice which was, but it's not it's, your typical it's, Clancy Brown. But it's still Clancy Brown. So I'm still thinking he's going to like, you know, just reach across the table and like, you know, rip out somebody's eyeballs. Right. Talk and, bad about his pasta sauce. He's going to kill you. <laughs> exactly. 
They're both great in this movie. And it's really cool to see Jennifer Coolidge get this recognition she's getting this year. I know, yeah. It's really awesome. She's She's been a player forever. And getting some recognition is awesome. Right. Um, But yeah, so yeah, the Paris Hilton montage is just it's so un- I hate it. You say he sings the whole song. It's the entire song. And like, because <laughs> at the beginning of the montage, you don't know it's a montage yet. It's just a scene of them in the drugstore together. Right. And it comes on on the Muzak speaker. He starts singing along and she's surprised that he knows the words. She's like, this is a Paris Hilton song. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And he just keeps singing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of fun. Right. It was fun and cute. Yeah. And, yeah. But then the montage of, of their relationship oh blossoming God. happens and they keep cutting back to her being embarrassed in the store, but also laughing while he performs this, this thing. And, I think okay. they should have cut all that out. They I, could have I, just montaged it. That's true. With exactly. no cutbacks to the pharmacy. Which, that would have been fine. That would have been fine with me. And but, but could they still have used the song over top of the montage? Yeah. Okay. They could have. Right, it would have worked fine. Yeah. It would have been fine. Um, and then maybe at the end of the montage, you can show the end of the pharmacy sequence. Oh, there you go. They're like, I think he says, man, I haven't done this in a pharmacy in weeks. Like, <laughs> Bo, I like Bo Burnham. I don't know if you like him, but oh, I, I think he's that. great. He's I, a great filmmaker. He's a uh, yeah. great actor. Right. He's hilarious. He's a great comedian. Yeah. Um, he needs more stuff. Um, but I think he's a great actor. He also made that other movie, like about uh, like a fourteen year old girl, about what it's like to be a fourteen year old girl. I was forget it, what that's called. Was it Eighth Grade? Eighth Grade. Oh, he made Eighth Grade. He, he made Eighth Grade. I he wrote it oh, and directed it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Bo's awesome. Okay. Perfect. Um. Anyway, where where we go now? Where okay. we go now? So well, so <laughs> they, montage. He, yes. They're in love now. Exactly, and yeah. and he, they're they're after the 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 uncomfortable dinner or semi uncomfortable dinner. It ends up being okay. It, it, he yeah, charms. He there's charms. There's a couple the awkward questions, but like you can tell it's good. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it's it's cool to see uh, Cassie sitting there like enjoying herself. I mean, Carrie Mulligan's really good in the scene. She she's giggling at at. Like Ryan's uncomfortability yeah. at trying to make an impression, right? Um, and then there's a really sweet moment between her and Clancy Brown after she's like clearing the table after Ryan has left, and he's yeah. just like saying how proud of he, he he's proud of her and everything. Yeah, we um, mi- we've missed you. We're yes. glad you're back. Yes, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, and then uh, they're in bed together, and they declare that they're falling in love with each other, mm-hmm. and it's looking like she might have a normal life. It's the perfect setup. For what happens next. Which is Allison Brie producing a cell phone yeah. that's got footage of the assault. Yeah. And she hands it over to her. Says you can have the phone. Right. And don't fucking call me again. That is uh, quite a way to yeah. end the scene where she's don't fucking ever call me again. Yeah. She, she can't, she hates what like this has brought up uh, the feelings this has brought up in her she hates what cassie did to her she does i think though it has changed allison brie though oh because she even says like you know what's like the scariest thing is that we watched it and thought it was funny yeah and you can tell like that's not what she thinks now She, she we watched it and thought it was funny um i'd like to think i wouldn't have thought it was funny if someone showed me a video like that uh it's that group think though. That but you, yeah, who who filmed that? Was it that Joe guy, Max Greenfield? Oh my or whatever? God, that I, I you know I mean, whew, his performance, Jesus, he's great. I mean, it's yeah. awesome. And, and I, you I, hate I, this guy so much. I read that Emerald Fennel deliberately chose 
uh, Max Greenfield for that. Max Greenfield and um, every every other man in the movie yeah. has played like nice guys in everything they've right, ever been yeah. in, and so she wanted that because so that it could like turn it on its ear. Yeah, I heard that she she got like everyone she wanted really right, like and she can't believe it right because and most of the people in this cast are known for comedic things. Yeah, comedy, comedy, mm-hmm. right. Um, like Molly Shannon is in this movie, you know, <laughs> as the grieving mother. Yeah. Like it, it goes on and on. Um, so yeah, she watches this video. Carrie Mulligan watches this video. And then after a, maybe 10 seconds or so, you hear Ryan's voice on the video being like, oh man, oh my God. Wow. Oh dude. That's fucked up, dude. That's crazy, man. All right, bro. Yeah. 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 Um, and Talk talk about an all time gut punch. I like, mean, this is this is hard. It's to watch. right after the montage. It's right after the I I think I'm falling in love with you. Yes. Well, I think I'm falling in love with you too. Um, everything is sunshine and rainbows now. Yep. And then oh, the man I just fell in love with has been complicit in this the whole time. The man who I thought um, made me rethink the way I see the world. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Guys, if you could see our faces right now, we're like just wide eyed in shock I mean, at what has happened. Staring like, at various parts of the room, like <laughs> not really knowing what to say. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What, oh my gosh. Yeah. Ooh. And yep. she goes to visit him at, at his, at the hospital. Yes. He, he's um, a pediatric, pediatric surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. And because they all went to medical school. I don't know if we said that it was a medical. College. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. They all right. went to be doctors and everyone became a doctor except her. Um, yeah. And boy, you know, his his reaction to her in this scene is like you talk uh, about un- uncomfortability. Yeah. I mean, all he what, what he really cares about, I think, um, I, I know that, that if this video comes out, because that's essentially what she's threatening to do is to expose him. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not worried about like going to jail or whatever. Um, because he, I, I don't think he, from, from what we know, he didn't actually take part in the assault. I don't think he did. Right. He was there and he saw it. He did. He's on the videotape. Right. But he's clearly in the, ta- yeah, he's, he, he appears there. So he would at least be questioned about things Yeah. and his reputation in the community would be ruined. Mm hmm. Um, because that's the only way anybody ever suffers any consequences from this is when there's video evidence. Yeah. Man. I know. Um, and I think it's probably his best part of the movie that the character, because you see kind of, you see his true colors kind of, I don't think he's actually this evil kind of guy though. He's a complex dude who was kind of in this situation. Right. And yeah, he's probably trying to forget about it. He might've even forget about it. Do you think he did? Cause I think seeing, uh, Cassie and sparking back all these memories of college, he probably still remembers all this stuff. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I never took it as he doesn't remember the Nia yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's well aware of it, but yeah. he still liked Cassie and he yeah. didn't think that he had done anything wrong. Well, and she never said anything to him about, no, about the event. Like questioning him, do you remember what happened to Nina? Like, nope. that never happened. So, like, it's been just kind of a non-issue for the relationship, or it's a secret issue for Cassie. She's hiding all her feelings and right. trauma. But yeah, and she's never told him. Yeah, she never told him about the the things that she's done. You know, with like you know uh, trying to to you know yeah uh, get men or whatever. Um, 
This has all been, she, she just figured that this guy, Ryan, who was, went to school with her was unrelated to all that stuff. And yeah. when she finds out that he was a, not only related to it, but that he was actually there Yeah. and yeah. didn't do anything to stop it. And, um, and uh, yeah, what is the, he, okay. he doesn't say, he, he says, then fail- we both won't be doctors. You fucking failure. Right. Wow. We've all said hurtful things to the people we love. Right. Yep. In the heat of the moment, even too. Yep. This is harsh, man. Like we we've seen we haven't seen anything from him like this. Right. All we've seen is this nice guy, and every everyone's got like a little bit to him like this, you know, where, where they'll say harsh things if they have to. Yeah. But I don't think he's really this mean kind of guy. But he just says this kind of almost defensively, you know. It's it's like, I, I guess in that moment you you feel like you've been. Um, like, like your life is crumbling all around you. Um, maybe you would say something that you know is going to cut deep. Yeah. yeah. And even if you like, we would say, Oh, well you say things you didn't mean or whatever. Like you kind of did mean it. Yeah. And you, but yeah, and you knew that, that saying it was going to devastate the person. That's some deep down, like id, id stuff coming out thinking like I made it as a doctor. She dropped out. Yep. She's a failure. Yep. Maybe not consciously thinking that but in the moment that just you blurt that out just to just to cut her deep exactly um because that's, it's his only defense and and like you said about like him him his character just i guess in general um and as as we talked about earlier he he's the only i guess him and alfred molina are the only nuanced males in the in the piece right yeah so um while while <sighs> We know that that he didn't actually do this to Nina. Him just having been there and him yeah. like going on and having a normal life and having kind of this, uh, uh, he's the funny guy at all times. I mean, it, it it definitely doesn't seem to affect him. He isn't traumatized by what he saw that night, right. which is disturbing. But he's we've seen him be a nice guy. So is it is it a total like? I mean, it does that def- totally define his character? I I don't know. Right. Yeah. And he does something later on. We'll get to that really bothers me too. Okay. Um, so let's get into the last section here. Let's do it. This is, she She says, you know, I'm going to release this video unless you tell me where Al's bachelor party is. Al is the guy who raped Nina. Yeah. So he's getting married. He's having a bachelor party with all the bros from college, all the boys. And it's in some cabin in the woods somewhere. She gets the address. I... Bo Burnham writes it down on paper like he knows the address off the top of his head or something. I'm like, dude, no, you don't. You're on Friender Space and you got an invite. Like, anyway, but but she she gets the address and she goes there, um, and she's gonna pretend to be a stripper, and then uh, seek some more revenge on Al here. I I love the way the scene sets up. She's in the car. She's in the nurse's outfit, and it's playing this like haunting string version of Britney Spears toxic when I when I picked up on what song that yeah. was I was so proud of myself yeah. <laughs> and I also said oh god damn that's awesome you know it's so suiting and like <laughs> it fits the scene it's this haunting like dreadful yeah like violins and stuff yeah just oh. to imagine yeah. imagine toxic being played on a cello I mean in a in a really you know yeah. dramatic way it's it's fucking fantastic yeah it's great 
So she goes to the cabin, knocks on the door, and then Joe answers. Oh, oh man. man. Max Greenfield Max answers. Greenfield. And oh. then his jaw, his, his <laughs> chiseled jawline is just like, <laughs> boys, the nurse is here. I don't know what he says. The I doctor's mean, in or something. He I don't is know. the most loathsome, disgusting, this perverted asshole. This is the asshole. worst dude bro yes. like, you could think of. And and. And you think of all the times you've met this guy in life, yeah, and, and you've just wanted to like like <laughs> knock all his teeth out, and 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 how many of them there are, and like every time you, there's like eight chads here, yeah, it's crazy. yeah, it's it's really really gross. And another instance where when she's out doing her thing, you are scared shitless of what could happen because now there's like, I mean, the, she's up against eight guys, oh yeah, by herself. Yeah, uh, this and these could... are the guys who she knows yeah. will go far. Yes, but she's got a good plan. Yeah, um, she is playing her character as a stripper. Is this like you know nurse or whatever? And she's wearing high heels, and it's like a sexy nurse outfit. Yeah, she tells all the guys to get on their knees, mm-hmm. and she's got this vodka bottle, and she tells them to open their mouths, and one by one, she she squirts the vodka into their mouths, and of course, she's slipping them mickeys. Yep. They're going to pass out in a little while. And then she takes the the uh, the bachelor, yep. Al, upstairs for a private show. Mm-hmm. She handcuffs him to the bed and he is playing. Um, he, he is he is saying to her that, you know, look, I love my fiance, Anastasia. I don't want to do anything. And, you know, it, he's right. Totally. He's put making himself out to be, you know, like uh, the nicest man in the world. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a gentleman. Yeah. You know, right. Um. And she says, sometimes gentlemen are actually the worst. Mm-hmm. And and as this scene in the bedroom plays out more, she's revealing piece by piece, like all these little clues about what's actually happening here. And he's slowly picking up on it and getting more and more uncomfortable as it goes on. She says her name is Nina Fisher. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he's like, what? No, no, it's not. Uh, it couldn't be. No. And she's like, well, why not? That's my name. He's like, because she's dead. And he's like, well, there must be another one. <sighs> oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> um, what comes next is, uh, well, I wasn't prepared for it. Right. It's, you know, you, you don't expect this no. to happen. Um, a few more things she says before this happens is like, he says it's every guy's worst dream to be accused of that stuff. And she's like, oh, well, what do you think every woman's worst nightmare is? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah great. She keeps Excellent. just piling it on yes. to him. Yes. Um, um, and saying, like, you know, you you took her. Like, suddenly she wasn't Nina anymore. She was yours. Yep. Like, she was surrounded by your name. She was crushed by your name. Really laying into him. Right. Making him feel horrible. And what she ultimately does is, like, Everyone forgets her name and like, so she's going to take a scalpel and carve Nina's name into this guy's chest. She's going to pull a Lieutenant Aldo Reed. It's fucking, it's, it's twisted what she's going to do. This is probably yeah. the farthest she's taking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause this is now an assault. So what she does, she climbs on him. He's handcuffed both arms up on the headboard and she's going to get his shirt up and like carve it into his chest. And he gets one hand free. And is able to kind of stop, grab her arm, and, like, get on top of her. And he's trying to get her to stop. And this is all, like, a one-shot. Yeah. He gets a pillow on her head and puts his knee on her head. And it goes on for probably, like, two or three minutes. I know. Of her struggling. And he's kind of 
breathing heavily, freaking out, almost crying and stuff and saying, stop moving, stop moving. And he fucking suffocates her. He kills our protagonist, everybody. It's um, like you said about how it goes on for two or three minutes. Like, Unbroken. It one makes shot. you realize, yeah, th- this, oh. this is what it's like to kill somebody. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, you just like smother a pillow and then it's over in five seconds. No, you got to sit there and struggle with it and, and feel the life come out of someone's body. And, uh, yeah, it's primal. The camera just slowly like dolly zooms up into this up close and man. Yeah. Like primal. Great way to put it. Right. This is raw. Yeah, exactly. So he has to sleep with the corpse the whole night. He's still handcuffed on one arm. Right. So. Until um, Max Greenfeld comes in uh, the next morning. And oh, yeah. He's like, what a party, man. Yeah, what's he's, going on, He's still bro? got a bottle of whiskey oh, with yeah. him or something. You Shit, know. How's your dick doing, brother? He's like, oh, the stripper? Oh, bro. Oh, the stripper? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sitting there. He hasn't slept a right, wink, you know. He's right. sitting there spaced out like, uh, Joe. She's dead, man. He's like, what do you think this is? The 90s? You oh, killed, yeah, exactly. You killed the stripper you killed at your bachelor party? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is a funny line. It is, I know. Because really, that's a trope that was a thing for a while, you know? Like, Very Bad Things is about that exact, you know. I, I, I hate that movie. I, that that is movie a, sucks. Oh, my God. That movie is trash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk about Jeremy Piven. Yes. Like, we keep talking about this guy. We're talking about Lawfare, folks, too. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, and then Joe is like, all right, I'm going to get her out of here. Hey, wake up, wake up, time to go. And he moves the pillow and sees her, like, face dead, makeup smeared. And he then he freaks out, and he's like, oh, my God, you're not kidding. Yep. We got to do something about this. It's not your fault, Al. You did, you're you okay. She, she, you did ha- nothing you wrong. You did nothing wrong. Right. This is an accident. This was an accident. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Joe, it was an accident. You're right. And, and they're talking themselves into believing everything's okay and it's not their fault. And Max Greenfield, like, grabs him and sort of swaddles him and kisses him on the cheek almost like a little baby. It's the weirdest scene. Yeah. Yeah, bros before hoes. Sure, exactly. Yeah. That, that That's the code, right, oh everybody? Oh, my God. Um, and then they go to burn the corpse, and apparently this was the original ending. Okay. Yeah, All it right. was supposed to end like it was. It was going to end this way with them essentially just getting away with the murder. I I, I like that. That's this very Charbonneau ending. It is. I I almost <laughs> called it a Charbonneau ending previously because when I read yeah. that I was like, oh my god, yeah. Di- you know, w- yeah. W- was Scott consulted on this? <laughs> but thankfully they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you get a little more closure. Right. I I will have to admit I still don't love the ending. Okay. I think it shifts tonally from the rest of the film. Let's break it down. Um, but it... So what happens is they burn the body uh, outside the cabin somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, life goes on. Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown file a missing persons report, um, but but even they aren't sure anything happened because she has a history of this. This is like the theme, right? Like, maybe if you weren't out doing this all the time, people would take it seriously. Right. Yeah. Um. But the police are investigating. Um, they go to Ryan's office and ask him some questions. Um, and he kind of realizes he's not in trouble for anything. He thinks he's in trouble for the video, yeah, I think. right. And he realizes Nina's missing. Not Nina. Um, Cassie. Cassie's missing. And because she's missing and he knows she went to the party, he knows something probably happened there. And he doesn't mention anything. Right. He's covering his own ass here because of this misfortune. He's got to get out of jail free card. 
and it's it's very this is the most disgusting thing he ever has done in the movie like it's all he has to do is say to the cop all he has to do is tell the cop where she went and there, nothing is going to happen to him he's not going to be blamed for it he just knows he, he has knowledge of where she went and that will help yeah. solve the thing yeah dude that's all you got to do right what a turd right <laughs> all these boys defending themselves i know oh. yeah it's just self-preservation they, they, they don't care about anything but like they're standing in the community and you know how i mean it's 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 terrible dude and um he gets no comeuppance at all like that that's it really like yeah. he gets some text messages from beyond the grave <laughs> and like right. that's it because she schedules some texts to go off if you know things go sour with the stripping thing like yeah she realizes this might go a step too far something bad might happen to me um, so it did. And these texts go out to him saying, Hey, you th- thought you were getting away with it? Ha ha. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> right. but yeah, this is the end where I think it's totally different. Like, um, you get these texts to Bo while he's at the wedding. Um, and the, and the cops come cause Alfred Molina got like a, a letter or a package from, uh, Cassie with right. the video and everything saying, Hey, I'm going to this cabin. If something happens, here's the evidence and all this. Um, and something happened. So uh, he he must go to the authorities, and they the cops come to the wedding and all this, and they arrest the groom at the altar. Um, I, I just feel like it could have been handled a slightly differently, like the the comeuppance for everybody. I know, um, because I and I think that that this particular sequence probably probably because, well, this is I guess where the comedy is. You know, like yeah, like the, it, it's it's almost a little bit played for laughs in that like. You know, like when when we see the wedding before before the arrests, yeah, um, it's all very they're, they're making fun of a certain segment of of right. Of culture, There's kind of you know? like these new age things happening, yeah, and yeah. drums and things. yeah. I you see know. Max Greenfield kind of doing this little dance while while the, while the drumming is happening. Yeah, I like that. And and he's just he's just funny. I mean, yeah. he, his his performance in this movie is, I mean, he he nails it. He knows what like a shithead guy. Yeah, he he he's got it. He's got it down. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and un- unfortunately we, we don't, we don't get to see his, uh, come up. Right. Yeah. We, we do get a great him road runnering off into the bushes, <laughs> but that's it. Right. <laughs> we, we were talking off air, yeah. like at one point about like how, what, what we'd like to have seen the fate of, of Max Greenfeld's yeah. character. Um, you know, it, it would have been, I, we, we had in mind, uh, Jerry Lundegaard's, uh, capture in Fargo. Yes. Yes. He's uh, in some hotel in his underwear. Just. <laughs> Trying to climb out a bathroom window, crying. No, no, no. I mean, just pathetic as shit. Um, you know, because he's a man baby. Yes, exactly. And and I think Max Greenfeld would have really nailed that too. Oh, it would have been good. You know, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. What do you think about this ending? Like they they rewrote this, right? This was yes. completely added, right? After the fact, like I don't know if they had it existing and just didn't have it planned, or they. They just tacked it on after a test screening. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to say like like what what the the motivation was for not using the original ending. Um, mm-hmm. But if they had whether they had this already planned or they had to rewrite it, I mean, I I think it's I think it's satisfying for an audience. I mean, like because everybody likes the catharsis of seeing the the guilty be punished. I guess. Yeah. Um, and if you were ma- maybe if you were making a movie about this subject matter. And you had the the victimizers win in the end. Maybe that is too bleak a message. I agree. Like I don't think it needed to end that way. Right. But I feel like 
the direction they went with this ending was just a little too like lighthearted and fun. The execution is yeah. 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 Like I said, it's tonally off from the rest of the film. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and you get like the winky face text emojis and stuff. Yeah. And it just, I it didn't, I didn't, it didn't sit well with me. I, know. I, I honestly think the ending is the weakest point of the movie. Oh, that's, and, and that's fair. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of the critical analysis would probably agree with you there because even though, like I said, it's it's just kind of fun to watch, you know, uh, yeah. Joe run away and it's also fun to see Al do the perp walk. Um, it's it's not what the rest of the movie was. No. And it doesn't have to be, but it could it could have been better. Yeah. Definitely. Well, more well executed. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's the end of the movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, um, and Emerald... Um, Emerald, Emerald Fennel got nominated for director also. Yeah. So that's amazing. Pretty awesome. I, and you know what? I I think this was her first film. Yeah, it's she her made. debut. Like, mm-hmm. I think she was acting before this, yes. but this was her debut film as yes. a director, screenwriter, everything. Because I've I, if you watch The Crown, she's in that. She plays Camilla Parker Bowles, mm-hmm. and she's excellent. She's a great actor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's the movie. That's Promising Young Woman, Dave. Yes. Um. So, uh, what would you recommend it? Yes, I would. Um, I, I think this is a good movie and, um, I'm going to give it four stars, four stars. All right. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it four stars also. I would recommend it. Um, the more I watch this, I've seen it a couple times. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Yeah. Um, and actually talking about it for the last hour with you just made me even like it more. Like, I know it's one of those movies. And I just think, I think Carrie Mulligan is, is really a presence and her performance is phenomenal. I mean, she, she's so awesome in this. I mean, she was nominated for best lead. Yeah. And she lost to the amazing, um, Francis McDormand. So, (sighs) you know, I mean, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with that choice. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, there are many years where more than one person deserves it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, totally recommend it. Four stars. And that will wrap it up. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. Rate it, review it, most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. You can also go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Please drop us a line. Right, and we're going to soon be on Friender Space. <laughs> <laughs> So check us out there. Um, no, but seriously, um, Dave, we have a question of the week. What's that? Yeah, the question of the week is, what's your favorite movie about uncomfortable subject matter? Yeah, um, look at our back catalog. We have tons of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so you can write us an email with your answer, go on social media with that, or you can leave us a voicemail, 628-400-DUDE. That's 628-400-3833. So stay tuned next week when we do 1986's Three Amigos, directed by John Landis and starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. We're going to lighten it up a bit, folks. Yes. We, we need a little levity here. <laughs> um, so until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Next time.